Welcome back to The Writer's Show. I'm your host, Jeff Hughes. Today I'm talking to Karen Hamilton-Vile about her fantastic new book, The Curious Life of Ada Baker. It's a very funny paranormal detective story with lovely, whimsical humour, not unlike Douglas Adams. I spoke with Karen a couple of weeks ago. Let's go. Karen Hamilton-Vile, welcome to The Writer Show. Um, the Curious Life of Varda Baker is a very curious story itself. Tell me about how you came up the I- with the idea for the book. Well, it was during the first lockdown in 2020. I, I, normally I work in schools running um, workshops, um, but because of it I was sort of stuck at home for a while and I just had this um, idea just popped into my head of a, a psychic who could use the abilities of, of ghosts um, as if they were her own skills. So somebody could drive a train and they could sort of um, possess her almost and then she would know how to drive a train. So I thought that's almost a bit like a superpower, but I can see there's a story in that. And it sort of grew from there over a few months um, and developed into this, this idea. It's a great idea. What, what's been the reaction to the book so far? I, I think it's been good generally, yeah. Yeah, I've had lots of um, good reviews on uh, Goodreads and um, I'm doing a bookstagram tour at the moment as well, so I've had some good reviews on there. That's great. Everybody's seen the ghosts and um, Ada and the, the mystery generally, I think. So um, you, you're being published by Cranthorpe Miller. What's been your experience like working with them? They've been brilliant, yeah. I, I'm really pleased I went with them. They, right from the start, they were very encouraging right from the first email um very positive and very supportive um all, all the way along the journey no question you know has been too much for them they encourage questions because i'm a sort of first time author so i've had lots of questions to ask them yeah. but yeah it's been a fantastic experience yeah they, they seem to have a good quite a good team behind them they do yeah yeah they've been working very hard so the, the book's also very funny in that sort of understated Douglas, Douglas Adams way. Um, how important is humour in your writing? I, I, I'm glad you picked up on that. A few people did. I didn't know if people would pick up on the humour because I think it's probably quite subtle there. It's something I I think I got from my dad. He's, he's sort of very um, subtle, underhand sense of humour. And, yeah. yeah, I wanted to feel good about the characters and, and have a little laugh along the way so yeah it's important i picked that up straight away like um for the first few pages it's uh yeah great read and the, the the cover for the book the design is quite striking can you tell us a bit about that did did you work closely with the designer well it's um my friend um has john and i'd i'd been following her for a while so she was a a friend of a friend to start with I didn't know her very well but I, I really admired a lot of her artwork and um I just I just thought I'd take a chance and see if she could do it and she was excited to do it as well because she'd not done a book cover before she'd done album covers and things like that um but I've got it here just the, the book cover I don't know if you can see it there but it's turned out really really well so I, I gave her a sort of vague idea of what I wanted I wanted to have read on it you know, murder mystery always got read in the 
in the front cover somewhere and I wanted it to represent the ghost, but a lot of it is her design and her thoughts. She read through the whole book before she did it. She put in tons and tons of work in making it and I, I was really, really pleased with it. I kind of asked for anything better. It's... Yeah, it's a striking cover and uh, that's, uh, I'm not saying it's half the battle, but it's certainly very important when, when you're a new writer just to um, grab people's eyeballs to it is. Yeah, give yeah. you a go, if you like. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but I, I think I do. It's the first thing that always grabs me, and I wanted to have something striking and noticeable, like you say. I read the, yeah. the front cover first, then I read the blurb, then I read the the first few pages, and if I like all that, then I, then I buy the book. Yeah, I think, and you know, unless you're um, somebody like Stephen King who could sell a book in a brown paper bag, <laughs> <laughs> it's it all helps, and there's so much comp- competition. Especially on Amazon, you've got to got to capture people's attention, even just yeah. for a moment. Um, so, what draws you to write fantasy? I think it's something I've always done. I think even my earliest stories were about fantasy things. Like, I mean, obviously, when I was seven, it was it was about fairies and things like that. But um, my first proper attempt at a novel at nineteen was was fantasy as well. It's just always been a genre that I've enjoyed reading and. And watching, I used to love um, uh, Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman when I was younger. Ah, yeah, yeah. So I know I've read Douglas Adams as well that you mentioned and quite a while ago. But I sort of grew up on that sort of fantasy genre, um, and ghosts in particular is um, because I had a few experiences in my own life and when I was younger with them, and they've always sort of stuck with me. I, I never believed in them when I was very young, but. But after having an experience when I was 19, you know, it really sort of stuck in my mind. And the idea of this this ghost, this poltergeist that I had there um, stayed with me. And he's now um, the character of Dennis in my novel. Could you tell us a bit about that experience? Uh, yeah, I, I moved out of home um, into uh, sort of an early uh, 20th century Edwardian age flat Um in somewhere called Bromley in Kent. And at first it was lots of heavy footsteps. You'd hear this stomp, stomp, stomp up the stairs and you expect to hear the flat door open, but it never did. And then a few minutes later it would start again and over and over again. Um, And it would uh, do things like set the fire alarm off when there was no fire or no cooking or anything happening, move things about. Um, And in the most dramatic thing I had a long sleeve t-shirt hanging on the back of my bedroom door and the, the sleeves sort of filled out and lifted up like that and I just ran over and grabbed it off the door but it was a very wow. electric sort of atmosphere at the time it was um that feeling you get before a thunderstorm's going to start you know where you, where you can sort of feel it in the air it felt very yeah. tense like that um and I just I just got fed up with it in the end I said look I found myself talking to this empty room saying I've got to live here too, so I, I acknowledge you're here, but I've got to live here too. And things actually did get better after that. Maybe it was just in my mind that things got better, but they did seem to calm down. But it was um, quite a profound experience at 19. I can imagine. <clears throat> How long did you live in that apartment? I think it was probably about a year. Mm-hmm. I was staying with friends, and then my friend um, brought his own house, so I sort of moved there as well, out of um, this this rented place. But it was quite a long time ago now. It's the best part of 20 years ago. 
It's hard to remember the details. So let's, let's talk about writing. This is the writer show. Um, what, mm -hmm. What's your approach to writing? Well, I, I, I sort of start with a vague plot. So I write about a paragraph for each chapter and then I build on each chapter from there. But I think a lot of my best ideas come as I'm writing. I'm sort of a, a mixture of plotter and um, and flying from the on the seat of my pants as well. Yeah. People put. So yeah, a bit of both really, um, and I quite like that mix. It works for me. And then going back and editing it later on, um, I find that the hardest part of the process actually getting the, getting that first draft done. I don't mind too much, but going back and finding where you've left a plot hole or it needs something a bit more I think that that, that hardest bit to do um, yeah getting getting that first draft out is important mm. getting it getting it dumped out of your head on, on something a paper, on. It, it, and then it's something you can work with yeah yeah definitely so uh, what's your advice to new writers who are considering writing a book now that you've gone through the process um, I think maybe a couple of things. So I uh, did um, a course online. It was something that uh, Neil Gaiman was running. Um, oh. It was like a recorded things that he, sent, he had said, but he suggested keeping a compost heap, I think he called it, of, of characters. Oh. and Something interesting when you're out, you always just write it down. Yeah. And then all the different things you see sort of mingle and merge to make um, good characters or good plot ideas, but important to keep writing, I think, as well, because you know you, you can think you're having a really bad day's writing, but sometimes I'll, write, I'll be writing something down and I'll go back to it later on, and it's not as bad as you think it is. At least then you've got something written down that you can work with. It doesn't come out as um, you know Shakespeare or poetry first time. Yeah. You have to go back and work on it and work on it some more and some more. Goes through lots of drafts before it gets to the uh, final stage. I think that's good advice because a, a lot of people uh, attempting to write their first book, they sort of give up because they think it's all going to be perfect, or they yeah they seem to get stuck in an editing loop. So they'll keep editing stuff that they've written and then lose the flow and then put it in a drawer. Exactly. So, so, so you just sort of dump it all out for your first draft and keep going. Yeah, it as it flows out. Yeah. Good advice. What's what's the best writing advice you've ever received? Oh, um, we I would probably say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I say, well, that thing with Neil Gaiman was that was one of the best things that that, that stuck with me about the. Um, uh, I think that that would probably be my my best bit of writing advice. I think. Yeah, it's a good bit of advice. Was that um, Neil Gaiman's masterclass, or was it? A, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was yeah. I got a lot. I want to do some of the other ones at some point. It's just it's just time, isn't it? Fitting it all in. Oh yeah, there's there's so many uh, writing masterclasses. There's some some brilliant, brilliant ones. But um, Neil Gaiman's one of the ones that I've been meaning to do myself. He's a I'm a bit of a fan. Having uh, just watched um, Sandman down here. Oh, loved it. <laughs> Well, I, I came to it um, 
I knew nothing about it apart from that, you know, it was an important work by Neil Gaiman. I knew nothing about the story. I knew it was a, a graphic novel. That was it. And it just got me from the first episode. I was, <laughs> I was right in, right in there. Just uh, incredible world building. Oh, amazing. He's so inventive, isn't he? No, I, I love him. So um, how important is world building in, in your writing? What, what's your approach to that? Yeah, I, I think it's definitely very important. People have to feel immersed in that world. They have to think it's a, a believable world that, that could exist. Uh, I've asked a lot of people, and they, the worst thing is having something that throws them out that doesn't feel right. If that world doesn't feel right in some way, then yeah. that, that just, they also they threw them straight out of the story, and, and that was it. They lost it. So it's got to be a believable world, even though my worlds are sort of slightly fancy, sort of ghost-based paranormal world, it's still got to feel like it's something that could happen. So yeah, I read that a beta readers and, you know, does this work, does that work? And uh, you have to sort of make it feel like it, it could be, she could be a real person. That's been the way I've been trying to uh, portray her. Yeah, it certainly feels like it's grounded in the real world with these fantastical elements. But yeah, that, that's what makes it such a great book. Um, so The Curious Life of Ada Baker, where, where can people get a copy? Uh, it's available on all sorts of places. Um, certainly, so it's Amazon, obviously. Um, certainly in the UK, it's Waterstones, Bonds and Noble, uh, Forbidden Planet, Smiths. I don't know about um, every other country what, what bookshops it's in or how those shops translate across, but quite a few different places. So. And and. From my publisher, Crown Fort Milners, they also sell it direct. Fantastic. Well, um, <clears throat> we we always add uh, show notes at the end of every episode with um, all the links to your book, so people can pop onto the writershow.com and um, look at our interview with you and chew off and buy a book. I highly recommend it. Um, Karen, it's been wonderful talking to you. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. That was Karen Hamilton Vile. You can get yourself a copy of The Curious Life of Ada Baker, direct from Amazon, of course, or her author's website at wwwkarenhamilton viallcouk And of course, all show notes and links for this episode are on our website, thewritershow.com. The Writer's Show podcast is produced by Madhouse Media Publishing. You know, self-publishing is much easier with your own team. Madhouse Media Publishing was created to help writers just like you navigate the difficult technical and creative obstacles you'll face when you decide to self-publish a book. They love creating books and their team of designers, graphic artists and digital marketing wizards can help you with any step of the self-publishing process, from editing, design to launch and beyond. Book a call with the publishing experts at Madhouse Media Publishing today to discuss your project. There's no obligation, and they'll give you the straight answers to 
any question you have about getting your book published. Call Madhouse Media Publishing today on 1300 402 526 or book a call on their website madhousemedia.com.au slash publishing dash services. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a review. If you don't like the show, well, I guess you wouldn't be listening. But I'm glad you are. Talk to you next time. 